For those of you guys thinking that I'm going to be here depressed this week because of what happened Sunday, no, 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 no. We got to get into some stone cold hard facts. We'll do that later. But for today, guys, it's all fantasy football. And joining me today is the fantasy football expert. You know what to do when you're having fantasy football trouble. What do you do? Oh, you could ask yourself, what do I do? But instead, what do I do? I ask Andy, baby. Andy, (laughs) how are we today, sir? I'm doing good, Griff. Doing good, brother. Yeah. Interesting week five and uh, boy, injuries aplenty. Uh, there's going to be some busy waiver wire action, I'm sure. I know, I know. I put in a claim this morning for one KJ Osborne just for mm-hmm. a little bench step help. Unfortunately, it's coming at the cost of one of your guys, People Jones, who's had a bit of a quiet start to the year. Yeah, but yeah. I saw the start to there. Um, before we start, um, I remember I messaged you this a few weeks ago. And if folks, do you guys remember last year's episode when we were talking about fantasy sleepers? I was a year early on someone, that man, David Montgomery. Boy, what? how bizarre with what they, the Lions spent in draft capital on Jameer Gibbs. And you keep pushing David Montgomery. Now Gibbs, is, he missed last week. He was out and he's banged up in Montgomery, who was every bit the average running back in Chicago, has just broken out. In, in Detroit, which goes against all sense because of, of what they spent in the draft on Gibbs. But here we are. Exactly. Because the thing with a guy like Mont, because I said it last year, is like this whole role where I thought Chicago's going to run the ball a lot. I wasn't too sold on Khalil Herbert yet, who's looking good in Chicago, by the way. But um, with Montgomery last year, I was like, hey, it's a good pick to have for your flex, good fifth, sixth, seventh round guy. This year, it's the exact thing that I was looking at for this year. But I feel like he's going to be that guy that next year people are going to draft like in the second or the third round and there's going to be a lot of buyers or more. So I feel like this is the year to get Montgomery. He's a good RB, like I would say three or four in your team. I wouldn't go one or two yet because we've seen, for example, like I'll give another example. I like a Christian McCaffrey, for example, who's just, hey, touchdown every week. Or in the case of me, I almost did something very stupid, which was – I was nearly right. So I had one. Uh, so I'm in three leagues. One with you, and there's two other ones. One of the ones I picked Jamar Chase second overall. Nearly traded him this week. Ooh. I'm really glad I did not. I'm really yeah, glad I stayed imagine? away. Forty four points. I still lost because the rest of my team was pretty bad. But for the fact that he had, like, he's he's back. It's just oh. And I remember I told you as well. I have an egg on my face moment. I'm going to own up to right now for Jets fans. I'm sorry if I told you guys not to take Brees Hall. He's 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 an alien who's come back from his ACL. Right. He he is back, and he's really the only positive to look at on that Jets team uh, right now. Like the Zach Wilson thing, despite the blip, let's relax. Okay, this guy's yeah. back up next year somewhere. Let's let's realize that. Uh, but Brees Hall, yeah, man, you know he's cooking, and uh, boy, Delvin Cook, I I still it always amazes me when this happens, and we've seen it many times, but it always amazes me when you have like a Dalvin Cook, who was an RB1 last year, who yep. was an, a, a borderline elite guy, go to just just change a pace fodder. Nothing. Dalvin Cook was a first-round fantasy pick last year, and now he's getting like seven points a game. It's ridiculous. It, it's, it's everyone thinking. I think it was just because it's a whole, you know, not ready from an ACL injury because it takes people a while to recover from those. Mm-hmm. And then you had like that unknown factor. So it's like, hey, Dalvin Cook's a good piece to kind of come in and do that. So the sense made was there. But at the same time, too, it's kind of like the David Montgomery take from last year where it was like, hey, he's not as good. But then now, even going back to your point about Jameer Gibbs, I've seen people pissed about Jameer Gibbs where it's just like, 
oh my god, they're not using him. And I'm like, you were the guys drafting him in the third or the fourth rounds, which you should not have been doing. Because like, <laughs> it's like it's the whole Kyle Pitts experiment all over again, where everyone thought, yeah, he's going to come in and great. The only other thing I'll say too is is fantasy wise, Bijan looks really really good. Um, but he is worth, I think, where he went in the draft. I will say that right now. He is worth that like mid to late first round pick, not top five, but like back, no, but back, no. back, back into the top ten. He's certainly capped with just that Atlanta offense overall, right? That's that's it. If you have Desmond Ritter at quarterback, that's just kind of where you're you're going to be. Um, but he's so talented that he's going to overcome that. And you're right. He did, yeah, where where he went seems about right right now. Yes, and obviously, uh, one thing I want to get into with you quickly is. Rookies with fantasy. Obviously, Puka Nakua is a surprise. Um, is there is there anyone else that's really stuck out to you that's kind of come out of nowhere from the rookie scene? Um, CJ Stroud, not throwing, not having a turnover. What? Like not having a turnover as a rookie on the Houston Texans, who suck. Like, let's not forget, this is a bad football team. And CJ Stroud, as a rookie, who I stomped up and down, I said on your show, my show, other shows, that CJ Stroud should have been the bona fide, clear, number one first overall pick, and that Carolina were fools for not taking him. I'm being proved right on that point. But C.J. Stroud, like Griff, he's distributing. He's smart. He's seeing the field. And ultimately, for a rookie quarterback, if you're throwing touchdowns and not throwing interceptions to go along with those touchdowns, that's a unicorn. So in four games this year, he's only had two, he's only had two games, by the way, for a rookie quarterback under 20 points. Isn't that wild? And it is wild. Uh, another guy who's been solid too is Brock Purdy. The same thing. Like, I don't know if everyone likes to go system quarterback. 17, 14, 20, 21, 26. He's just getting hotter as the season goes along. Now, obviously, he's going to Cleveland on Sunday, so we'll see how that goes. Ooh. But I'm in a moral dilemma now where I have Stroud and Purdy in a two QB league, and I had Herbert on the bye. Do I stick with those two or do I insert Herbert against Dallas in which they're going to want to come out firing because of, look, you, you got your ass kicked on primetime TV. So I'm kind of in that moral dilemma now where I'm like, do I start Herbert? Do I keep Stroud and Purdy in there? Because Stroud and Purdy are two quarterbacks that are honestly security blankets. And the other thing I'll say quickly with uh, Purdy, I got Purdy in like the seventh or the eighth round and I got Stroud in like the 13th round. So it's just like, he, yeah. he really went unnoticed. This is a two QB league, by the way. Yeah. Um, he went really unnoticed to where now it's, hey, you're right. He's the number one. He should have been the number one pick. Bryce Young, I feel like will have a solid NFL career. It's just Carolina. We know pretty much what they are. They're a pretty middle middling team where it's like you have a rookie quarterback with pretty average weapons. No one that really sparks your interest with fantasy football. And he's small. That's the other problem. He already got banged up a bit. Like he's the more he goes, that size is going to become an issue. Like it the is. wear and tear. If he gets there's a lot of fast 300 pound giants coming to try to squash you. And when you do that and you're Bryce young, who's a five, nine and 180 pounds, that's not going to end well majority of the time. So that's the other thing, the durability long-term. Yeah. And I think that there was that whole weird, like off field. I don't know the name of the test, but there was a test for CJ Stroud. Stroud got like an 18% on. And oh, I think yeah, it was just, those, yeah. I think it was just um, that got leaked because I think executives from teams that were like in the three, four, five, six range were hoping that Houston would pass on him. But then Houston saw him and were like, no, we're, we're taking him because that's the right pick for Houston because he not only is good for fantasy, but he is a franchise quarterback at the moment. Yes, and he overcame so much at Ohio State too. People don't talk about this nearly enough. Bright lights, big program, so nothing's going to shake him. 
Um, he arguably go to, to less of a microscope in Houston than he was at Ohio State. Oh, yeah. And what people forget as well is when oh, uh, C.J. Stroud first came in, first started for Ohio State, his first couple games, bad. People wanted to run him out. Like, nope, mm-hmm. get him out of here. And what did he do? He overcame on the fly, got better and better. So this guy's already used to overcoming. He's already used to the big pressure and succeeding at it. So I don't think that gets talked about enough. The mental toughness and ability to adapt for C.J. Stroud is uh, one of those things you can't necessarily measure. No, you can't. You can't. Because like you're literally right, too. Where Ohio State, you're expected to win championships every year. Yes. He had a loaded quarterback room. He broke, he uh, was sat behind Justin. I think sat behind Justin Fields for a year. Yeah, Justin and Fields, then, yeah. And then he beat out Quinn Ewers for the starting job. Obviously, highly touted prospect. He's doing great in Texas right now, even though they lost on Saturday. But, um, no, he literally went into the thing at Ohio State. He won a Rose Bowl in a – amazing shootout in 2022 against Utah. And then last year was on the cusp of beating Georgia in Atlanta in the Peach Bowl, which I know mm-hmm. it's just like all those things. But look, Ohio State last year had a really shaky year. They haven't won the Big Ten since 2020. And look, you now you're in Houston, which I'm going to say this right now. I know everyone with coaching, you want that next guru. Like, you know how it's always like the offensive guru, defensive yeah, yeah, guru. Yeah. Kind of like the higher you. I'm not, I'm not dogging Stefanski, but it's like kind of like why Stefanski was hired by the Cleveland Browns, yes. why the coaches were. I think now you go for the culture hire, and I think that starts with Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. And we've seen that with Houston right now, where D'Amico Ryans, I look at Houston, and I'm like, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but like 25 or 26, I look at as a team where it's like, they're gonna be they're gonna be a team that's no longer hey just a, you go in there and a stomp win like even look at look at Arizona this year I know they're one and four Arizona went out guns a blazing against Cincinnati their yep. only tough tough game really was the loss to San Francisco besides that New York look they let that get by them they beat the Dallas Cowboys for Christ's sakes and Washington that. <laughs> yeah that's the thing because I have this I have this great philosophy so guys fantasy slash betting episode but good teams win great teams cover. Mm, there you go. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yes. Um, so obviously when we're talking about like CJ Stroud with rookie surprises, besides Montgomery, is there anyone that's really been a fantasy surprise for you, like a later round pick that's kind of like just burst on the scene where it's like, yeah, he's he's doing him? Well, I, you mentioned Puka Nakua earlier, and I, I just don't think we can – I can't remember somebody that came so far out of nowhere. Like, Griff, nobody – Rightfully so. Nobody was talking about this guy at all. I actually nope. have – I make notes in my um, little notebook when it's combine time, right? I'm a, yeah. As, as we talk about combine junkie. And I put a – and I went back and I was looking through. And I had a star beside Puka Nakua. And first of all, the name kind of jumped down. I'm like, eh, it's kind of a fun fun name to say. Yeah. Um, and I put a little star and I'm like, fast, good hands, route run. I'm like, huh. And so I put a star, made a note, and kind of forgot about him. And all of a sudden – Cooper Cup goes down. And we're not just talking about a guy who pops for a week. Like, we're talking historic numbers. Mm-hmm. A guy where, even with Cooper Cup back, we still saw get a boatload of targets. And that's, if you have him and you've got him, that's somebody that can help lead you to a championship. Like, I, that's got to be the by far biggest surprise to me. It's just a surprise because it's a fifth-round pick that came out of nowhere. It's always like, it's like Amon Ross St. Brown. It's fifth-round pick. Yeah. Uh, they did come from well-known schools, too. Amon Ra was from uh, USC. Puka's from BYU. I know BYU's not exactly – they are in the Big 12, but they're not exactly like a top, top-tier program yeah. like like USC is. But still, the fact that you've come out there, and even though the Rams get dogged a lot for not drafting in the first round and trading away all their first-round picks, 
I always say that the draft, you win it on Saturday because it's oh, easy sure. to get a first round pick right. If you get a fifth round pick right, it's huge on the scouting department. It's oh, yeah. huge for the GM to where it's Salary like cap benefits, all that. Exactly. Because even too, like, I know everyone right now likes to say Brock Purdy's the best contract in the NFL. Sure, but it's a rookie deal. Uh, another guy I look at as I don't know what his fantasy scores are, but as a surprise overall is look at a Baker Mayfield who's in mm-hmm. Tampa right now, making little to nothing for what a quarterback should be making and has led his Tampa Buccaneers to a three and one start, which includes a game this Sunday against Detroit in those oh so beautiful creamsicle uniforms. Yeah, bringing those back and Baker's uh, only rostered in 19 percent of most leagues and, and typically even in his peak 2020 year, Baker was never consistently a, a high end fantasy quarterback, right? He'd always get you kind of in the teens. But yes. we've seen we've seen him popping a little bit. Um, I'm a little worried because I know the Baker history from Cleveland, where when he really starts feeling it there, and especially if there's a little break, there's yeah, there's a chance for a letdown, and that Detroit defense scares me a bit. But hey, if you need some bye week help or want a little shakeup, um, I, I like I like the Baker option this week when you look at um, how he's been doing, the confidence he's been playing at. Another one too. Like, real life-wise, the Broncos are a a tire fire. But Russell Wilson is only rostered in 56% of most leagues, and he's popping 20-plus fantasy points almost each week. So he might be there for you. It's it's, it's just with Russell Wilson, there's that potential chance of buyer's remorse. I like Baker Mayfield better because not only does I think he has the better weapons, you have a stud-wide receiver in Mike Evans who's on a contract year who's trying to prove to not only the Buccaneers but the rest of the NFL, hey – I deserve this amount of money because I'm going to be signing my last probably NFL contract in my life mm-hmm. because he's, Crazy. like I said, it's scary to think that like him and I are the same age, but yet he's on the cusp of retirement. <laughs> That's just proving how old I, like, I know, I know Andy, you're older than me, but for me, it's just like that reality check of like, I'm getting old. I'm turning 30 in two months, yada, yada, yada. But with That's all the benefit that, of being six, five, man. <laughs> yes. That's the thing. You're six, five, you're talented. You're a first round you're pick. A beast. You had no expectations on you this year. They're three and one. I had them as a five win team this entire year. Now the wheels could fall off in Tampa, but I feel like when there's no pressure, when there's not pressure on Baker to win, is when he's the most dangerous. And I know that's a quote yeah. term you guys love to use in Cleveland oh. when he was a Brown. And remember, Mike Evans. Uh, well, this week track that hamstring issue because he is yes. uh, getting an MRI a little banged up. So just just to track for the early going of the week. Yeah, if anything, you can always go and grab like a Chris Godwin, probably. I think he's, he's I not him. there, but if you have him, I would say start him this week, especially with a tweaked hamstring, which leads us now to the Minnesota Vikings issue with Justin Jefferson mm. being placed on IR. Um, do you take that as – I would obviously you do not drop him. No, 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 no. My question for you is, is if you're looking to make a waiver claim, do you go for a KJ Osborne or do you see if Jordan Addison is available? Because I know Jordan Addison was a guy that was being targeted a lot in the ninth to 12th rounds in a lot of drafts this year. I drafted Jordan Addison on two of my teams for this specific possibility with the caveat being that I thought he could be a producer, which he has been for the for most part, half and half yeah. um, on his own as more of a flex WR3. Um, now Jordan Addison is rostered in 88% of most leagues. So he's probably gone. However, it's always worth the search. Give a little search. Never know. Uh, if he is gone, then the next guy up, uh, again, and he's not going to be here, but I'm talking about from um, the, the weapons side of where uh, uh, Kirk Cousins is most likely going to be looking. TJ Hawkinson is going to be great. He's not there. But KJ Osborne is next up. And the reason I go with Osborne is because we've seen him actually do it. We're not hypothesizing here. We've seen nope. him in the past, last year and uh, maybe the year before, um, 
when given the chance at some volume, he can produce. And he has two touchdowns this mm-hmm. year. And I think KJ Osborne is a great pickup, currently only rostered in 11% of Yahoo leagues. I know. I was just looking at that stat just because that's what I do. We look at stats on the fly yeah. here. And I saw that 11%. So, guys, if you have him, I'm not saying if you have – so some leagues, like one league I'm in, has a maximum rule of 50 moves a year, which is fine. If you have an FAB, if you have an FAB league, I would say use a good amount of money on him. But say if you have a hundred bucks in your league, don't go spending all a hundred bucks on him. No, maybe no, try no. to throw in like maybe fifteen to twenty dollars of your FAB, just because you want to get there in case you do grab him. You're not wasting all your money to where it's hey, if he goes down once Justin Jefferson comes back, which is pretty much probably going to be around the middle of November. Yeah, you want to save yourself. You want to preserve yourself for when JJ comes back. And if you drop him, it's not a move like that because like i know a lot of people were going out there and spending all their fab week one on puka nakua exactly and i spent a good chunk and it worked out for a a little bit on tutu uh also uh he's gonna be like that's a guy who is he droppable i don't want to say that i haven't parked on my bench because the first three weeks he was popping like crazy as well um i'm having him on the bench because you never know with cooper cup or anybody else coming down i'm gonna park tutu for a while he's been dropped all over if you have a spot on your bench where it's like, you know, you're not going to play a certain player, pick up Tutu. Yep. Yeah. Put him, put him on there. Have him, let him take a seat. Look, even with um, Cup coming back, he's still got a touchdown. Yep. Right? Like, so he, he is still involved. It's just not going to be as much. And you never know what the injury bug brings, right? So. 100%. 100%. You, just, you don't know in this league because I heard this on a podcast yesterday and it made complete sense to me where – out of all the major four North American sports, there's not a gap shorter than from first place to last place than the NFL. Because think about mm-hmm. it. Right now, from first to last, it's five games. Meanwhile, with hockey, with baseball, with basketball, it's at least 30 to 40 games of winning difference between the two. So it's just one of those things where if you have a guy that's on an 0-5 team or if you have a guy that's on a 5-0 and team, you just don't know what can happen because it's any given Sunday and anyone can get hurt at any given notice. So you just got to wait and see what ultimately happens. Um, going now to you, because if we do me, it's going to be sombering and we're going to go over your time limit, but mm-hmm. you're Cleveland, you're Cleveland Browns, uh, right now, obviously coming off the bye week, bad loss to Baltimore. I know you were there for the great win against the Tennessee Titans. Yes, that was fun. How are you feeling about Cleveland right now as a whole, like for the rest of the year? Cause obviously look, you guys had, I feel like right now it's been so wishy-washy with you guys where it's like week one killer one against the Cincinnati Bengals. And then you have a humbling loss against Pittsburgh, but then you shoot back up to where you just beat Tennessee at home outright. But then the next week, Baltimore comes in and does the opposite to you guys with DTR starting. So with this schedule going forward, how are we feeling about Cleveland's chances for the next couple months? Well, for this week, Sunday, I, I have zero confidence against the 49ers. None, none. I'm not, I'm trying to like, like yeah, maybe it's like, unless Christian McCaffrey gets struck by lightning <laughs> uh, along with Brock Purdy, like the, you're not, win- I don't think you're winning this game. I just, I just really don't. I hope, obviously, I'm incorrect, but I just really don't see how this is, how that would happen. Also, as of Monday, Deshaun Watson was not practicing outside. He was inside with what was a last-minute scratch in Baltimore, and people thought was minor a contusion. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors and weirdness. We're, we're like, what is, what is actually going on? So, especially if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, uh, goodbye. Take whatever the spread is for San Francisco and keep going. Um, but, but even if Deshaun does play, it's still so inconsistent. He had the one good game against Tennessee. Looked like he had broken through, missed that game. What's the shoulder do? Can Stefanski plan better? Cause that was a horrific 
game plan to have DTR throw that much. It was embarrassing. Um, against, I, I don't think it's even an argument, the most complete team in football in the 49ers. Yeah, because like I'm looking at your schedule right now. So say even if you guys go to two and three after the bye week, it's you go you play at Indianapolis, which is a winnable game at Seattle, at Seattle, which will probably be a shootout. Uh, by the way, going back to it, it's four and a half right now. It's a spread for San Francisco on Sunday, so we'll see. I feel like the yeah. So I feel like the less that Watson practices, the more that will probably climb. But for right now, I think they're pretty much spanking on. Hey, the Cleveland defense has a chance, but. It's more about like, look, Miles Garrett's going to have to get to the quarterback. That's the biggest thing if Cleveland's going to want to have to stay in this game. And then at Seattle, um, ball, um, Arizona, you guys have a three-peat in a row of birds. You have at the Seahawks, versus <laughs> the Cardinals, at the Ravens, and then that Steeler game November 19th, which I know Cleveland gets up for before you go to Denver to end, uh, end November. So after that stretch there, there's a very winnable gap right there to where, hey, yes. Yes, you have a tough game. You, you're playing arguably the best team in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL, before you have this chunk right here of six games where it's like, hey, we can win this because I'm looking at your December at the Rams, Jags, Bears, Texans, Jets, Bengals, which that December right there, that's going to be a huge, guys, because you guys right now are that team where it's like you're in the mix. I, I right said in this, the mix. Yeah, yeah, I said that all year long where if you look at the standings for the AFC, I would say right now, there's a few teams that are still, I would consider in the mix, even though there are some one and there's only two one and four teams in the AFC. But um, besides that, there's a, like the gap right now between the last wild card spot with Buffalo at three and two, it's two games just back to last place. So that's where it's coming yeah. in handy, where one good week or two or three good weeks can really make or break your season. And I also stress that importance from week seven to twelve because you got to win some games in there to where if you lose in December. The knife, the knife cut doesn't go as deep as it would if you lose those lose a game in November that you should win, and then you lose a game in December that you should win because then now you're pretty much playing playoff football throughout the month of December. And if you're doing that, chances are you're not going to make the playoffs, or if you do, it's going to be an early exit. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, you know you got to get through this game, try to get things healthy with San Francisco. Then, like you said, bunch of winnable games, but you have to win them. You shouldn't beat Pittsburgh. Didn't. Um, so you have to actually go in and win those. And, and what type of mood? What is Deshaun Watson's health like? Can the running game get back on track in a committee form without Nick Chubb? Uh, lots of questions there. But you're right. There is a winnable stretch. I, I hope. Like, come on. Give, give, old, give old Andy something to cheer about, damn it, in December. Let's, let's, make, it, let's make it fun. <laughs> and then if I were to ask you right now, because obviously Ke- I think you said this to me in August, but Kevin Stefanski, is his seat still hot, hot, or is it? more or less kind of cooling down where it's kind of like a lukewarm or how do you, where do you stand on him? If we were talking about in a car and you had like the, the uh, two levels of seat warmers, I'd put it on the one seat warmer. It's getting, it's comfortable, but it's a, you can start to feel it a bit. This next stretch, the next month is going to be really big because with this roster, the most talented roster on paper, this team has had since 1999 without a shadow of a doubt. Um, if you don't make the, if you go under 500, I think you got to fire him. No yep. question. If you go, you know, 10 and seven, you lose on a tiebreaker. Okay. Depending how it looks, you can probably make an argument, but um, there's, there's no excuse. You've spent all off season with Deshaun Watson. He's now played 10 games as a Cleveland Brown going back to last year. There's no rust enough. You're getting 230 mil, bro. You got Brock Purdy. Who's making, who has a roommate. I heard this morning. He has a roommate in San Francisco. His whole contract is $3 million. And he's one of the best in the league. Come on. Enough excuses. Get get balling out. 
That, that that that's it. I like your analogy to where if it's like you go seven and ten or nine, eight and nine, that's where it's kind of like, yeah, he's got to go because Cleveland's like the opposite of Denver. Obviously, I know both quarterbacks are on expensive contracts. You guys, you can't get out of the Deshaun Watson no. contract because it's going to be, hey, uh, we're going to bring in a guy who will work with Deshaun. Meanwhile, with Denver, I've been saying this, they're not going to get rid of Sean Payton in a one and done scenario. They have an out in the Russell Wilson contract this year where he's due guaranteed money. So. If you if they are bad as they are, I can see a world not see a world. This is probably going to happen. Where Russell Wilson, the Denver Bronco experiment failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at other coaches right now, there's no coaches that stand out as fired. And obviously, look, mine is one that everyone's going to talk about. I'm going to say this because he's been there for so long. If Bill Belichick is to not be coaching next year or with the Patriots as a whole, it's not going to be a firing. It will be a mutual handshake agreement to walk yes. away. It will be because he's They're earned, not going to embarrass him. No. There's about five coaches in the NFL right now who I think have earned the right to do that, which is him. And then there's two coaches in your division, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh and Tomlin. I think both of those have earned the right. Pete Carroll, Andy um, Reid, Andy Reid, uh, I like I would throw those guys in there who have won Super Bowls, who have been. Which that's the thing too. I don't know if you before we go. I don't know if you know this or not, but Sunday was the thirty fourth meeting between Harbaugh and Tomlin all time. Really, second to only Lambeau and yeah, second to only Hallis and Lambeau. Wow, really interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Who has the uh, lead on that? Did they say who had like the? Yeah, uh, I just said it. I just said it. Uh, Curly Lambeau and George Hallis. No, no, no. Sorry. The um, like, who has the lead between uh, uh, Harbaugh and Tomlin? Like, wins head to head. I think it's Tomlin. I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it's. I think it's like really close. It's like yeah, it's probably close. It's like it's like fifteen to like fourteen or something like that. Or it's because I know there, I think there was a tie in there, but I think it's like they're pretty much both at like five hundred or like one guy's got the advantage of the other. But I think it's Tomlin over Harbaugh at the moment. If I'm wrong. I am sorry on that, but Andy doesn't really care about that because he hates both teams either I way. I hate both. I wish they would both lose somehow. <laughs> Bitter. And folks, Bitter if, you stay to the, if, you, if you stay till the end, that is the name of the podcast. Both lose somehow. Why? Because it's fun. And he said a fun name to say earlier, but that's already been a name, so you got to kind of change it up. But anyway, guys, it's another episode. 254 in the bag. We're on the road to 300 now. This has been a blast as always, Andy, again, the chat with you. Definitely have to do it again soon. Why? Because the Ask Andy window is always open. Follow him on Twitter at Andy, at Andy MC 81 for all your fantasy football needs. Why? Because Ask Andy wins the football championships, baby. Damn fantasy man. football rules the world. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for us here at YWC Football Talk. Thursday night, full week five preview and more of a um, rock bottom feeling for myself. Have a good night or a day whenever you're listening to this hi i'm logan anderson host of the say the damn score podcast on my show i deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by you guessed it talking to sportscasters the show has featured big names like bob costas kenny albert and Vern lundquist as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet but you will know soon Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.